0: It's a Thursday and it's Cowboys Eagles week. So, of course, it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White. You can follow him at TomRyleBTB. You can follow me at RW3 on the Twitter sphere. And, of course, you can follow all this great content at bloggingtheboys.com and at bloggingtheboys on Twitter. And, like I said, Tom. We don't need to say much beyond Cowboys-Eagles weekend, but what does need to be said is while we all thought this game was going to be between two teams fighting it out for NFC East supremacy, we did not know that this game might actually have NFC seeding implications. And in fact, that is where we find ourselves heading into this weekend. And as we always do, we tend to ask the questions that the Cowboys still have left to answer as they head up against the team they're going to face this upcoming weekend. And, Tom, I mean, quite honestly, in terms of opponents, there maybe isn't an opponent better suited to face this version of the Dallas Cowboys than these Philadelphia Eagles. Am I wrong in that assessment?
1: Well, I think they are probably the most formidable team on the schedule right now. Uh, Of course, that's based a a lot on just records. Uh, and some other teams, like, for instance, the Green Bay Packers, could always come storming back later in the season and, and be, get into the mix. But, I mean, the Eagles the only undefeated team left. Uh, I don't think they are an invulnerable team. But, yeah, there's there's some things specific to this matchup, as well as some stuff that lingers over the past, you know, four-game winning stretch that we need to worry about. So, yeah, I, I think this is, this is going to have a lot of implications. Like you said, it's not just a chance for the Cowboys to wind up with the, uh, the tiebreaker to lead the NFC East uh, after only six games in. Uh, and, of course, the flip side is the Cowboys could fall behind the Eagles' two games if they lose. Uh, but this could set them up. If the Cowboys win they're just going to be in the hunt for the number one seed the rest of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and with, uh, you know, you. Yeah. You the Minnesota
0: at- Vikings, obviously in that conversation right now, I know you mentioned the Packers, but the Vikings at four and one are the only other team that would be tied with the Cowboys at the, atop the NFC as well as the Eagles if the Cowboys were able to pull off a victory this weekend, the other team leading the NFC South, that would be of course, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they are three and two and the defending champion LA Rams, they're not leading their division. That would be the San Francisco 49ers.
1: And you have to remember the New York giants are hanging in there too. Uh, and just like the Cowboys, they face an easy schedule. Uh, it's it's like the NFC East suddenly had three teams get strong at the perfect time for those teams to do well. I it's going to be interesting to see if all three of the teams can hang on and make it to the playoffs because right now you can't make a really strong argument that it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, uh, just it's going to be interesting to see. But the the main thing that stands out is that the Cowboys are facing a quarterback that. Really worries me uh, because Jalen Hurts has been throwing the ball pretty well. Uh, you know, he's ranked seventh in passing yards for game in the league, so that's good. But what's super troubling, given the fact that the Cowboys have a great pass rush, is that Hurts is the kind of quarterback who can get to you with his legs. If you don't contain him with the pass rush, he will take off and hurt you. He'll get a first down, even on third and long. Uh, you know, the Cowboys t- saw two quarterbacks in Daniel Jones and Joe Burrow that did just that, and they neither of them are nearly the runner that Hurts is. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Eagles have uh, designed runs for him and option plays, uh, built in to an extent that most NFL teams don't. They they have a, a college element to their game in that aspect.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They've got to have a way to try and track him down and keep him from getting upfield on him. Uh, you know, because he is fast. He can he can evade. He's a strong quarterback. Uh, normally you would say, okay, Micah Parsons needs to get that assignment, but Parsons had a groin problem. He played basically on one leg <clears throat> and one, uh, you know, defensive player of the week on us. But, uh, you know, he, he, he might not be quite up to running him down, so they're going to have to look to some other players. I'm hoping Jaron ron being back might help with that as well. But they've got to have a plan for this. They've got to have everybody maintaining some lane discipline They've got to be careful not to get pushed too far upfield to let Hertz get inside of him, so he's got room to survey and find himself a running lane. Uh, then, then they just have to, uh, you know, try to control his passing. And an interesting thing about Hertz is, is that although he's got a lot of yards he's only thrown four touchdown passes so far this this season
0: yeah that's that was a little surprising when I saw that statistic that you sent it but then I looked up the numbers myself right and I liken the year that he's having right he's not the same type of player so I don't want people to mistake this but I liken the year that he's having to the year that cam Newton had when he had one when he won the MVP he's got 68 yeah. rushes in just five games so he's averaging nearly 12 more than 12. Rushes a game, more than 13 rushes a game. And in that time period, he scored six touchdowns on the ground. So, yes, the passing numbers, like, not impressive from a, from a, quite honestly, from a touchdown standpoint, because actually the statistical numbers ha- have been there for Jalen Hurts from a game by game standpoint. But what he brings to the table on the ground is unique to anything that the Cowboys have seen this season. And we yeah. know their history you know, against guys like Daniel Jones, who can run for a bit and hurt you. Uh, I I fear that going into this game. And I do, I do wonder, and quite honestly, I'm on kind of the side that feels like they don't necessarily have the right answer for him because I don't think you can take Micah and make him the one man band to, to do that job, right? There's too many places that Jalen, you know, he, Micah rushes up the middle and Jalen runs to the outside. Well, that's a play that Micah can't make as great as he is, right? Well, maybe he could because he's that special, but in general, um, <laughs> I don't think it's one we, we should expect him to make, right? It's got to right. be a team effort and that will come down in large part to how Dan Quinn designs this defensive game plan and really, that defense is going to be so critical to them winning games, because I know your next question has got to be, or at least a question we get to has got to be about what the Cowboys do offensively. And uh, I'm sorry to be a wet blanket in that regard, but I'll save it here for a little bit when we get
1: to. Yeah. Well, we'll actually get to that last. I wanted to mention one more thing about Hurts. The Cowboys may be better served by making him throw the ball. You know, he's had a couple of picks this year. Uh, so he, you know, if you just look at it, the math's easy for every two touchdowns, he gets a pick. Uh, we obviously don't want him throwing touchdowns, but let's see if they can pick the ball off. I mean, the Cowboys twice in a row have pretty much sealed a game with a late game interception. And it would be kind of nice to see something like that happen this week. But there's also another component because it's not just hurts his legs that are hurting. Him. Uh, they're fourth overall in rushing yards. And the Cowboys are in the bottom third in the league at stopping it because while their their pass defense and pass rush has been outstanding, they're letting teams find Hulk creases at the middle and get to the edge on them and make some good yards running. Uh the the big the big guy they gotta watch is Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, he's the the fourth leading rusher in the league right now and is you know pushing uh close to 100 yards a game so they have to not only worry about not only hurts get loose when they when he doesn't throw the ball they have to worry about not letting sanders get going you know uh this is one of those things where uh you know a lot of times you you play you play action Well, you know, the flip side is kind of like running a draw play kind of thing or something like that where you line up, look like you're going to pass, but you hand it off and try to catch the defense in the wrong alignment with the wrong personnel on the field. Uh, Again, you know, I think curse could be important because the linebacking crew has not been real strong against the run, and that's kind of the linebackers main responsibility in the NFL defense. Uh, So you know, you've got to find a way to stop both aspects of the running game while you're trying to hold off on letting the passing game get on track. So you just have to have a, a complete overall defensive game. And while the Cowboys have had some great defensive efforts, they haven't been that complete in every game. They've had games where they were vulnerable a bit uh, against the run. Now, what they have done is – Limit the scoring, and that's, once again, it's going to be a big challenge. The Eagles have scored 135 points this season, which, you know, that's, uh, you know, they're they're av- averaging 27 points a game. Uh, Cowboys have not allowed 20 yet in a game. This is going to be one of those things where something's likely to give or at least try to meet in the middle. But there's, there's an odd thing that jumps out about that, of the 135 points, the Eagles have scored 91 of them in the second quarter. That's two thirds of all. Wait, 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 the quarter, the one quarter, the one quarter. Whoa. Two thirds of their points have come in that 15 minute period. They, they start slow. And then for some reason, they really kind of go turtle in the second half. Uh, If the Cowboys can keep them from scoring in the second quarter, which would keep them from building some kind of a a, a two- or three-score lead, which obviously they want to avoid, then they might be able to tee off because, for some reason, things just have not worked that well offensively for the Eagles after halftime.
0: Now, I want to caveat that a little bit, right, because, like, yes – I mean, I hear what you're saying there. But at the same time, they had huge leads against, like, Minnesota and Washington. And, And shoot, even against Detroit, like, that game ended in a three-point game. But they were blowing them out week one. So, like, yeah. early on in the season, they really didn't need to score a whole lot in the second half. And, yes, granted here recently, I don't know. I, I guess there's not a whole lot that I would read into that just because, shoot, they – I, their offense is obviously explosive. Their offense is obviously capable and had they needed to score more against these teams, I think they might've done that. But in some of these games, they, things were sewed up at halftime and they could kind of like cruise and run out the clock. Am I wrong in that?
1: Yeah, I think it's right. Except maybe for the last game. Uh, like it's
0: somewhat who- reflective of the Cowboys, right? Like they get up, and they don't have to rely on Cooper Rush. He could throw yeah. for 102 and they can win a game because yeah. they're never trailing. And yeah, that's one thing that like I know we're gonna get to, but you know, with with the Eagles, like they have possessed that ability all season long to do that. And I get all this, I'm loving the fact that Cooper Rush isn't making mistakes although he made two against Washington that were nullified by penalties. Hate to break it to you. even And he had
1: two more against against the Rams that his teammates bailed him out on by jumping on a loose ball.
0: Oh, thank you for that. Uh, It's just really hard to believe that his luck is going to continue in a game that the uh, other team's offense can be expected to score 27 because that's what they've been
1: doing all season. And that's – they've got a they, – they don't have a bad defense at all. Uh, you know, so that's, that's a – that to me is – I have faith that the defense is capable of answering the challenge. But can the offense come up with more points than it's been getting in what may be more approaching some kind of a shootout? With the Eagles, even if we're all talking something in the, you know, you know, 27 30 point range, that's still something they Cowboys have not faced. Mm-hmm. As you said, they've gotten a lead and that defense has just put the clamps on other teams. That's not necessarily going to happen this week. And I don't think we can uh, really plan on that at all. And so we're circling right back around. Uh, reports are that the Cowboys, uh, uh, Mike McCarthy, I think it was, that came out and said it, they are planning to start Cooper Rush this week. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to see Dak come trotting out of the tunnel in uniform ready to go at the start of this game. Uh, they're signaling that's not going to happen. <clears throat> He's just done some throwing uh, after the practice. He did some throwing before the practice on – uh, Wednesday, but he was doing it Mm left-handed, uh, and he didn't throw with his right hand until after the practice. Now he kind of notoriously said he had some pop on his balls. So, uh, you know, you might question the phrasing there, but, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be ready. I think they're going to go cautious, which is the advantage of having won four games in a row. They are not in a desperation mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might see themselves falling a bit out of the the drive to get the number one seed, but I think the playoffs are very much alive for them, even if they lose this game.
2: Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani, On my podcast, stay tuned with Preet for a three-part mini-series, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process.
1: Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge.
2: And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November?
1: When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes.
2: The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Well, and it's kind of almost a win-win, like psychologically. If they lose this game, they can go into round two against the Eagles with a healthy Dak Prescott and make the case that, hey, we lost game one, but we didn't have our quarterback. We weren't fully capable, right? However, if they win this game somehow with Cooper Rush at the helm, what a psychological bomb that goes off in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room. We lost to their backup quarterback. What might it be when we face their starting quarterback, right? When we face their their golden goose. So that's one that like I do agree that there's kind of no downside to the way that the Cowboys are playing it. And I'm glad they're able to play it this way because I actually think Dak Prescott maybe needs a week or two more um, yes, he's back out there throwing and all, uh, it's, I mean, Jerry basically said earlier this week on the Cowboys radio station that if he didn't go through a full, or excuse me, Mike McCarthy said that if he didn't go through a full week of practice, he wasn't going to play well. He missed week. He missed, missed day one. So read the tea leaves, right? He ain't playing yeah. this weekend, but yeah, I almost wouldn't mind if they waited until after the bye, just to make sure, because the reality is Tom, like he may be able to throw it a week from now but that doesn't mean he'll be able to sustain a hit if his hand happens to collide against an opposing helmet or a teammate's helmet, or has to brace himself as he falls to the ground. And all those things are natural movements that are going to take place through the course of a football game that he's going to need to be able to hold up to. So, I mean, if you were asking me, I'd say maybe keep
1: him on the bench for two more weeks. Yeah. I, 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 my, I think I'm right there with you on that whole thing. Also, you mentioned the fact that they were able to win the game with, with Rush only throwing 16 passes and getting, what was it, 102 yards. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember that Rams game started off so oddly in favor of the Cowboys. They score a defensive touchdown on the first series. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then they block a punt and get a field goal. Uh, they did miss the extra point, but with their defense holding the Rams only ten points, that was almost enough right there. And you know, then they just had to get down, get uh, Money Mayor down, and give him a shot. Uh, yeah, Money Mar. I keep saying his name wrong. Mayer. Mar. But uh, the uh, they they really just didn't have to try very hard and then you know of course they had Tony pollard bust that one and you look at the fact okay maybe that's why they only completed passes to the three wide receivers of course it is right of course it is i I agree with all that but
0: like then let's zoom out tom and let's look at the past four games that cooper rush has played and i don't know if you saw my tweet on this at rw3 again shameless plug if you missed it but I broke down the last 240 minutes of Cowboys gameplay. And in that time period, Tom, they have spent less than one entire game, either tied or trailing. Yeah. They have spent just 50 minutes, about 52 minutes in total, either tied or trailing in the last four games. Trailing alone. They've spent just five minutes and 42 seconds. The only times they trailed were the games against Washington and the Giants, where Rush went back down the very next drive and drove them to a touchdown and took the lead for good. And
1: so – And the
0: Rams. Sorry, sorry, the Rams. Uh, It was uh, the commanders and the Rams, right? The commanders were up seven to six. The Rams took the lead. So those were the only times that the Cowboys trailed And Cooper Rush immediately answered, right? So I give him credit for that, those two particular drives. But outside of that, right, the Cowboys offense as a whole has produced just seven touchdowns. Jalen Hurts alone, as we talked about, has scored 10 on his own, right? So they're going to need to figure out a way to put points on the board or keep them off it this weekend against Philadelphia if they want to stay undefeated with Cooper Rush at the helm. And, And you know, it's worth having a conversation at least about the whole Cooper Rush vibe, because I get it. It's a good one. But I also feel like I'm being a bit of a wet blanket by telling people, like, this is not the guy long-term and this is not the answer. And as, as soon as Dak Prescott's fully available and it doesn't require a desperation move to play him, he is the starting quarterback, and he has handed this job back, no questions asked.
1: Well, that this may sound a little arrogant, but if you actually are looking at things and have any grasp of what football is, that's the only conclusion you come to. Man, uh, I agree. Just, just watching Cooper Rush, you you can see. You know, I, I, I wrote this is not the quarterback one you're looking for. Uh, you want to get Dak back out there when he's fully healthy and ready to go and you're confident that that that, that broken bone is going to hold up, that it's properly healed. Uh, and I think what the Cowboys are going to have to do is come up with a combination of their defense still playing very well, uh, limiting things. They have to watch the, the long plays because the only points the Rams got were on their two – longest plays of the night one was the cooper cup touchdown and the other was the 46 yard pass that set up their field goal if, if they can keep from getting those long plays or giving up those long plays rather and hold things down and then if cooper rush can find just a little bit more productivity if he can complete some more passes if he can get you know, get the get Pollard and, and Elliott involved in the, the passing game a little bit as receivers. Uh, you know, try to hit the uh, the tight end, though you know Dalton Schultz has been hurt, that has limited that. They've got the two rookies and Ferguson and Hendershot. But let's try to try to spread the ball around a little bit, maybe toss it to Simi Fuhco a time or two. Uh, let's let's just try to get the offense a little bit more opened up. It was just so buttoned down against the Rams. They just didn't do a whole lot because as the game progressed, they didn't have to do a whole lot, and I think they felt it and they played cautious, which in this case it paid off. Uh, you know, you get that one big big run out of Pollard. And then you just get some drives where you go down and get some field goals. And suddenly you've got a two-score lead and, you know, you just – you can sit back and tee off on a much less mobile quarterback. So, you know, this has to be, I think, a different game if the Cowboys are going to have a chance of winning it. And and even though we're kind of looking at all the things that could go wrong when we're looking at the questions that are facing the Cowboys – this is still a game they can win. I know the Eagles fans just hate that idea, uh, but I, I want to see it happen. I want to see them live up to how Jason Peters characterized him as effing church, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I, and that's another thing. Jason Peters is making noise like he's ready to play again. Uh, which would be kind of a welcome thing. Uh, they're going to need yeah. him
0: against that defensive line because, am I wrong, like as good as the Bucks were, this is the best defense they will face to date.
1: Well, the line, it's hard to argue that they're better than the Rams line with Aaron Donald wreaking havoc. But I i think it's, it's definitely one where they've got to be aware of the defense defense against them they've got to find a way to, to to exploit whatever weaknesses they can find if not weaknesses at least something of a little soft spot uh they you know i think they've got to get their own running game going a little bit better uh you know the the cowboys had a lot of running yards but most of it was on our big chunk of it was on pollard run Elliott was a a workhorse, you know, he ground out a lot of runs and he has quite a few of those five to to 10 yard runs, uh, that he gets in there to kind of balance the ones where he doesn't get very much. And I think a lot of that is going to be on Kellen Moore to call the game properly and not, you know, play right into the what the defense is doing. Yeah. disguise what he's doing, you know, throw early, you know, maybe throw some runs in when they aren't looking for, it, you know, like on a, on a second six or something, when you're expecting a pass, don't try to pop a run, see if you can break something through there. Uh, there were too many times though, it seemed where they get like five yards with Elliot on first down and then they get three yards with him on second down that, that needs to change. So, it, it's a it's lot of things going all of a
0: sudden, on again, like that defensive line, you know, we know the names of Fletcher Cox and Brandon Like They've been there for a while, but it's easy to forget that they also picked up Jordan Davis, who was an incredibly disruptive force at Georgia this past season for the national champions. They got him in the first round and he's an incredible interior defensive tackle. Like he yeah, yeah. can do a lot of damage and especially for, You know, the guy that you're talking about in Zeke, um, I'm not trying to talk the Cowboys down. I just, I got to tell you, you say the Cowboys can win this game and I don't really see it. I don't really see how because the only way in my mind that Cooper Rush really succeeds is because of this evidence that I pointed to, right? The fact that they're playing a lot of these games either tied or – with a hefty lead, because if we're relying on Cooper Rush to go come back from ten down, right? If that takes place in the second quarter, I feel horrible about the Cowboys prospects the rest of the way. Talk me down yeah. the le- talk me off the ledge, Tom. Like am I being unreasonable here?
1: Well, uh, i I don't think you're being unreasonable. The Cowboys are going to need to do some things that they've managed to do, like get an early turnover or two, give themselves a short field, not have to march down the field uh, 75, 80 yards to score. Uh, and and once they get into the other end of the field, they need to get into the end zone and not rely on bar. They They've got to score touchdowns instead of field goals, which is kind of, they've been getting away with it. And it's a question of how long can they get away with it uh, going forward. And this is a game where – And is he going to be wanna... perfect?
0: Is he going to continue to be perfect as like Money Maher has been? Like I don't even sweat it now. We've yeah. gone back and forth over the past couple of years of sweating and not – I don't even think about it until it happens.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, unless it's like a, a really deep kick, you just figure he's going to put three up – but you, you can't live trading field goals with a team that scores touchdowns. If you can keep them from scoring, and the Cowboys have been excellent in the red zone this year, if you can keep the other team from scoring touchdowns on you, uh, and, and then you can get, get away with trading field goals. But once again – you know, that might be asking too much. Uh, You know, you've got, they've got to do something more offensively. As I said, I think the defense will hold up its end of the bargain enough that if they can get a decent offensive output, put a, you know, put a couple of touchdowns up on the board with their offense, uh, then I think they can be in this game. Uh, But yeah, it, this is the toughest challenge they've faced since Cooper Rush took over the starting role. And we're going to have to see how it goes. And, you know, uh, if nothing else, you, you so severely hope that the uh, Cowboys win just so we don't have to live listen to the Eagles chirping until Christmas time. Because, you know, they will be on us the whole rest of the time.
0: Well, uh, hey, that's what that mute button for is for on the social media sphere, my friend, <laughs> yeah. uh, you just hit that mute button until the next time we play them and you'll never have to worry about it.
1: Right. Uh, I just skip right over the tweets. And keep on going. You don't have to respond.
0: Now, is there any, is there any outcome that could take place this weekend where you would say, all right, Dak's got to come back no matter what happens next week?
1: Absolutely not. Uh, if, if, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking that even if the Cowboys stumble and lose this game, I don't feel bad about Cooper Rush going up against the Lions or the Bears. Uh, you know, and I think that they're in, they're in great shape to go into the bye, no worse than five and three. And uh, if you told us, that, well. When Dak went down, if you told us that's what we're going to get, everybody would have put money down to guarantee that outcome. Because it just seemed impossible. And now Rush has given them that this four-game streak, where he and the rest of the team have managed to scrape out these wins. Uh, And as you said, at, at times, you know, late in the Rams game, it didn't look particularly hard especially as the uh, pass rush was teeing off on Stafford. But once again, this ain't Stafford they're trying to go after. Uh, now, if they can get to Hurts and put him on the ground three or four times, uh, that could be enough to to get it done. Uh, kill a few drives that way. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's all you know,
0: it, like I think we're both in agreement that if the Cowboys are going to win, it's all going to come down to kind of how they handle Jalen Hurts how they contain him, how they harass him or decide to try to minimize his impact in the game. Our own Mauricio Rodriguez tweeted this out, and you can follow him at M-A-U-N-F-L, right? One of our Blogging the Boys cohorts who tweeted out earlier, per PFF, Jalen Hurts, when not blitz this season, second in PFF overall grade on offense, first in yards per attempt, third in completion percentage, fifth in big-time throws, 23rd in turnover-worthy throws. But when he is pressured, when he's blitzed specifically, those numbers drop to 27th, 31st, 25th, 26th, 18th. All that to say, if the Cowboys can generate some pressure, that actually may be the lottery ticket that wins them this game against the Eagles when everything else seems to be going against them.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because there was a, a, something that came out. I'm, I, I'm not finding it, but uh, it was, I want to say, from Football Outsiders. And they were talking about how the Cowboys are able to get so much pressure. With four. With four rushers yes which may say they don't necessarily need to to blitz because they're able to get the job done without it Mm -hmm. and that is it's it's once again it's a fascinating matchup to see how it's going to go
0: it will be it will probably i mean you know I, i i've tweeted out before that micah parsons is the most interesting player to watch on the planet on the weekends in any football game being played because the way that he can be used in so many ways, like his impact seems to be almost that of a quarterback for the defense, right? And linebackers typically don't have that type of impact, but because of all the things that he can do, I believe that he can have that. So, you know, maybe our hope lies in the Jedi, the one true, you know, answer to all the Cowboys hopes and prayers on a defensive on the defensive side of the football. That's Micah Parsons.
1: Yeah. And maybe if uh uh Garon could snag him in interception because he loves to pick off Jalen Hurts, uh, that would go a long way towards getting this game in the win column too.
0: Well we want to hear your predictions as well. Hit us up on Twitter at tom ryle btb of course you can hit me up at rw3 and you can hit up our great content at blogging the boys where you will find all the updates leading up to cowboys eagles on sunday and of course make sure you check out that great content uh, that's going to be available on the youtube page we'll have the pre and the, uh, halftime and post-game shows all going up on there as well and i think we're doing the twitter spaces as well tom you got engaged in some of that this past weekend
1: yeah, those are fun. I hope you can join us.
0: Mm-hmm. So, please, give us a follow-up. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think the Cowboys' predictions, uh, the Cowboys' outcome will be against the Eagles. And, of course, stay riled up on the Cowboys until next Thursday. We will see you.